0: board banter on the board with your hosts Matt Middleton and Kevin Rainer where the banter's ask ferocious Cole Anthony against the Knicks man the guy dropped 29 16 and 8 we were both super high on him before that draft and I'm glad to see he kind of broke out a little bit in that Knicks game I mean
1: they need Cole Anthony to do some things right now with this roster but it's crazy to think that this game is the reason that the Knicks are not undefeated right now like it's been a wild week to start the nba like there's a lot of fun storylines that you and i are going to have to break down later because basketball is thriving and chaos is everywhere
0: absolutely everywhere teams that we expected to be good not so good teams that we didn't expect to be good are absolutely dominating it's just kind of wild my friend but i think we're gonna start with the takes from last week unfortunately our boy kyle lowry no double doubles for you my friend
1: man he's just been kind of chilling in Miami I think he's averaging like seven and a half assists a game you know I'm like they played three games you know Miami's been very short in the season and he hasn't even broken double digits in points yet but he doesn't have to right like that's kind of the beauty of that team especially with Tyler Hero shooting the way that they have been but you know I was a little too early for Kyle I'm sorry maybe it's my fault but he'll get those double doubles as the season goes on
0: Oh, buddy, I believe he'll get those double-doubles. And Tyler Hero, I love the way he came out. He was like, you know, I never really played with a true point guard before. Not, like, at this caliber. It's like, yeah, welcome to the Kyle Lowry experience. <laughs> you are welcome as a Raptor fan for allowing you to have him on your roster.
1: <laughs> it still hurts a little inside seeing him in that Miami jersey, you know?
0: Oh, dude, especially as like, I hate Miami. I think they're, they're like a league villain for me. So <laughs> it's really painful for me. Not
1: going to uh... lie. <laughs> the struggles there but then on the other side matt are you still the reverse curse god like in reality you know the raptors did end up where we thought where we expected two and three yeah but matt's take i think was the driving force behind that
0: man i am trying to put that reverse curse uh to work you know trying to get them uh wins for their raptor squad who have been a pleasant surprise man they're You know, they're yes they're young and yes they're gonna struggle in the in the half court. We already knew that. But I have been very, very encouraged from what I've seen from this team and but we'll talk about that later.
1: You know There's there's a lot of fun to break down with this Raptors teams later. But as we start as we always do right now, we gotta go to the NFL because it's still kinda chaos over there. But we're at that point in the season, Matt, you know, seven games in for most of these teams. We're starting to figure out who is legit, who is not legit, who is really kind of in fear of losing their whole seasons together. It's it's kind of that fun point, at least for me. That's what I'm enjoying.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Normally, um, I guess tonight would mark the halfway point of a regular NFL season, but they've added that 17th game. So we're going to get an extra one this this year. Uh, I guess we have to go to eight and a half weeks. <laughs> but yeah, week seven in the books. we got 10 weeks left. Um, I'm kind of really debating how this whole process works in the NFL um it's very muddied waters for me at the moment uh teams that I really expected to be good in the AFC like the Ravens the Bills the Browns Kansas City they've all been beatable and like easily so for the Kansas City Chiefs on that hand and then you you know I thought Tennessee was going to be a really good team and they've proved that they are with uh, wins against the Bills and wins against the Kansas City Chiefs but they've also lost to the The Jets, man, the the Jets, like, who just got blown out by New England 54 to, like, 13 or whatever that score was. Like, New England's not a great roster, and, like, oh, man, it's just, like, insane to me. And then you got, like, Cincinnati doing well, which, you know, I like the Chargers, the Raiders. Nobody expected the Raiders to be any good. I'm just wild about that AFC conference right now, my friend. You got any
1: thoughts? I mean, it's, it's just been a lot of fun honestly i bet you there's been a lot of fan bases that have been up and down throughout this season so far because nobody i'm sorry nobody was predicting what we have seen before us in these seven weeks like you know there could be people who could have maybe predicted 50 percent of what we've seen you know in terms of like upsets happening and teams falling and rising but the amount that has happened you know the the parody the variance like nobody was that close to being perfect
0: dude if you had at week seven the cincinnati Bengals and the arizona cardinals leading their respective conferences people would have told you you were insane like nobody expected these teams to be good people thought cincinnati was going to be a last place team in the afc north they thought arizona was going to be a last place team in the nfc south like or the west i don't don't even remember the conference at the moment but whatever <laughs> we'll talk about that nfc a little bit you know Tampa Bay, they are the undisputed reigning champions. They have that loss to the Rams, and they don't really have a signature win on their schedule. Yes, they beat Dallas in Week 1, but Dak hadn't played in, like, 300-plus days or whatever, coming off that major injury. Um, and, yeah, they destroyed the Bears, so, like, you got to give them some credit for that. They, like, really handed it to them. It was, like, 35 nothing at half.
1: I mean, I look at that Dallas team that has been ramping up, right? So that's why Week 1 is almost irrelevant at this point in time. Like, a lot of teams have evolved a lot since that first showing, right? Like, we've had so much time for them to figure out who was on this year and who's off and what's going to happen. So I'm excited to see if if they can keep it up. Like, would you say that there's any team – I mean, you know, we don't have to talk about the, the undisputed top of the top right now, but is there any team leading their conferences that, like, is a guaranteed slot to stay there?
0: I would think Arizona, my friend, is definitely going to stay – I don't have much faith in Cincinnati to stay at the top. I do have a lot of faith in the Ravens to, to keep plugging along. Um, they've just got a great roster. And it's a divisional game against, um, you know, a rival team. So you, they just came out a little flat. Cincinnati really wanted that game. It was a big game for Cincinnati to prove that they, they could play with this top team. Um, so, you know, maybe they, they looked past them a little bit. So I would expect the rematch to be a lot closer. Um but yeah, I, I don't know if anybody's gonna stay at the top. Maybe the Chargers could could, you know, stay there with the Raiders, but you gotta think the Kansas City Chiefs are gonna turn it on at some point, right? Like they've gotta fix their turnover issues at some point.
1: They're they're gunning. Whether they're gunning for more turnovers or gunning for the top of the league, we have yet to see because the Chiefs are in trouble. Like, it's still a narrative. Unfortunately the narrative hasn't gone away because I mean, me and Matt were discussing this. It's the simple idea that Mahomes just doesn't have this impenetrable team around him anymore. And, like, you can be one of the greatest players to do things, but there are always going to be cracks when you have a sport that has 50-plus players on a roster. Like, it's going to happen, and the Chiefs, they need some work to figure out some of their problems.
0: Dude, they lost 27-3 to to the Tennessee Titans, who lost to the Jets. Uh, Didn't they,
1: like, open the scoring, too? Didn't they get the first... Um, I don't don't even know, man. At
0: this point, all I know is that Patrick Mahomes, the reason that he wasn't considered for the number one overall pick, the reason that he went to Texas Tech and was never, you know, the highly ranked high school player that Deshaun Watson was, because they're the same age, um, is because of his turnover issues. And I think that it goes back to what you were saying about him not having that all-time roster around him, the talent in the right spots, for him to do what he needs to do I think he's he's trying to do too much like he did in high school like he did in college and then the turnover issues that he had back then are starting to creep up and you know bring to the spotlight right now can he fix those I don't know because he's had like one bad turnover a week for seven straight weeks which is not typical Patrick Mahomes
1: I I blame myself Matt it's it's still the curse from last year it's the 16-0 take it's it's the wanting from them, but, uh, man, I, I fear for my football capabilities because I have no idea where my powers stand at this point.
0: <laughs> Dude, you've got some mighty powers. Um, maybe you want to kind of help uh, the Baltimore Ravens after they got stomped by Cincinnati 41-7. I mean, I was not expecting that. I do want to talk about Jamar Chase, who in preseason had drop issues. In preseason was talking about the NFL ball being harder to catch than the college ball. And yet, through seven games, has the most receiving yards to start a career, more than Randy Moss, more than Jerry Rice, more than Megatron. This guy's went for eight receptions, 201 yards, and a TD last week. Joe Burrow looking like an MVP. Um, this Cincinnati team really has an elite offense, and these two guys, like yeah, they passed on Panay Sewell to like could have shirt up their left tackle, but they got this dynamic duel that could be. For the next 10 years like one of the best duos in the league so i'm i'm pretty pumped up for them
1: chemistry is massive chemistry is super important especially you know when the ball leaves one hand and has to end up in another that is like the scariest time at least in my opinion that's the scariest time as a football fan when one of your team doesn't have possession of the football because anything can happen at that point in time so if you get that chemistry to work out right you bring everybody else around you to make the rest of it happen, so I think you're on the money there, Matt.
0: Absolutely. He's stretching the field, which is helping out his running game and his offensive line. They don't have a great offensive line, but teams are, are so worried about him going over the top, they can't pinch. So, he's definitely helped out that roster immensely. Uh, it was a really good, good top five pick right there. Um, and then a game that, you know, we kind of thought it would be close. So that's why I called it a good game. You know, the Saints versus the Seahawks. But I did mention, you know, not the quarterbacks that we wanted. And yeah, it was a defensive battle. So if you like defensive uh, matchups, you probably love the Saints versus Seahawks on Monday night. But it was
1: pretty horrible to
0: watch. Not gonna
1: lie. <laughs> Obviously, Matt over here is not a defensive football fan. Guy likes the action to happen. But I mean, I feel like in football, I don't know how many of those fans exist. Like, it's crazy that there's, like, this whole, like, half of the game that is played on one side of the ball that I would say 60-plus percentage of the fan base have no idea or care about what's actually going on because all they're looking at is what's happening between the quarterback and everybody else running around the field.
0: Absolutely, and I honestly believe that it used to be more of, of a defensive battle, and, and teams did care about that defensive side of the ball. But with the rule changes to protect players, to, to prevent against CTE and, and those kinds of things, um, you know, Tom Brady's come out and said it, that the game today is a lot easier than it was back when he started to play, and that it's a completely different game. Um, wide receivers aren't afraid to go over the middle of the field. Uh, quarterbacks don't get touched. Like, if you touch a quarterback after he releases that ball, like, you are getting a 15-yard penalty, roughing the passer, and wow. they get a first down. It's not worth it. And, like, it's just mind-boggling to me that they allow the quarterbacks to get away with so much in this league. But, hey, man, I guess that's what fans like, offense. So offense is where it's, where it's at, you know?
1: So I was reading – I want to get your thoughts on this. I was reading a really interesting stat um, earlier today about how in the past couple of years – um, home team home team advantage doesn't really exist in the NFL anymore. I don't know if you have heard about this at all, but ever since like you know the pandemic started and we didn't have sta- like fans in the stands, um, the league percentage of like home wins at this point is like under 50%, which is like never happened in the history of the NFL. It's this weird stat that I was reading, and um, it's interesting because now we're at the point where fans have returned. And the statistic is kind of still the same. Like, we're looking at... I wish I had this number. I should have written it down, Matt. I'm mad at myself. But we're looking at, apparently, historic numbers in the NFL for home teams just losing games. And and, and so, like, apparently, the advantage of having fans just doesn't matter anymore. It's weird.
0: Yeah, that that does sound really weird. I really haven't kind of noticed that, but it kind of makes sense. You know, the fans are really there to disturb the other team's offense. Um, Just like when uh, we play as... At as a home court for the Raptors right like the fans are there to start screaming and yelling when the other team is trying to run an offensive play when they're trying to talk to each other and then they quiet kind of down when we're on offense when we're talking when we're running our sets and that's the same thing in the NFL right um so you know I guess without the fans it's harder to disrupt the other team and I guess um you know the other team is easily calling their plays and stuff so it makes sense to me that that's happening and I'm I'm surprised that it hasn't changed, but we're still only seven games into having like major well, fans back, right?
1: That's specifically why I wanted to bring it up because your comments on, you know, the defense is kind of being more prevalent right now and players kind of getting away with things, like it, it can all kind of be a factor. But I just thought it was a really interesting stat because like there was this huge fall from like fifty-three percent winning to like forty two percent when the pandemic started. And now it's at like still like forty-three percent, so it's only slightly gone back up. But fans are back, so I was just like, based on the the things that you bring up, I thought that it might just be an interesting little connection there, maybe.
0: Yeah, no, it it, it's interesting, and I'll I'll be interested to see how it plays out for the rest of the year. Um, But you know, I think the better teams are just winning football games right now. (laughs) There it is. Um, You know, just like Atlanta beat Miami. I called it two bad teams playing each other. It was probably one of the best games of the week in terms of matchup and being a close game and, and having high scoring potential, like 30 to 28 is a, a good game to watch if you're a fan. Uh, to a tongue of Iloa, you know, 32 of 40, 291 yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, he had two oh interceptions, God. but probably the best game of his career. Uh, my boy Kyle Pitts showing out on National Tight End Day with seven receptions, 163 yards. I love that. Um, you know, great for my fantasy numbers. And uh Atlanta went on to score like twenty unanswered points and went on the last second field goal. So very, very competitive game. Um if you want to circle back to Tua, we can talk about the fact that Deshaun Watson is probably gonna end up in Miami
1: and he's gone. Yeah, so I, just, sad. Like, I feel bad for Tua because like obviously you've been a big fan and like guy has one of the coolest names, I'll be honest. I'm a big fan of the way it just rolls off the tongue. And like yeah. for him to have a career game and the conversation right now is when is the Get trade? Get traded happening? that week is the trade <laughs> happening? Like, man, that sucks for him. I feel bad for Tua. Uh, man,
0: it's it's very, very unfortunate for the guy. Um, I feel really bad for him because like if you look at his stats, he's got fourteen career games. He's seven and six as a starter, so he's winning just over fifty percent of his games. Not great, not bad, but it's still only thirteen games. He's completing sixty-six percent of his passes. He's got like almost 2,700 yards. Um, he averages almost seven yards an attempt, um, 18 touchdowns to nine interceptions. So he's got a two to one interception, uh, TD to interception ratio. Like the kid's decent and he's young yeah. and he's just figuring out the league. Like, I think this could be like a Drew Brees situation almost where like the Chargers kind of give up on a young quarterback and he goes somewhere, finds an offensive mind that knows how to develop him and becomes a great. I mean, It would be very similar because he's kind of got that left-handed drew Brees feel to him um with the accuracy and not like the deep arm ball strength um so we'll see we'll see how how his career plays out but I, i hope nothing but the best for him
1: i mean i'm a fan so i will be watching his career with great interest over the years
0: hype man uh but now we're gonna we're gonna do the the top 10 man obviously we're gonna go in reverse order Um, I had a tough time leaving the the Oakland Raiders Off my uh, top 10 But um, they they got left off Unfortunately but I'm giving them that honourable mention Uh, But we'll start with the Chargers Can't knock them off because they run a bye week Um, They're still one of the best teams in the NFL To me I love Justin Herbert I love what that defence does So they come in at number 10 I mentioned it last week Can Tennessee knock Kansas City out of my top 10 They did and they take their spot In at number 9 They killed them but I can't put them any higher because they lost to the Jets. So, <laughs> give and take with this team. Maybe five weeks down the road, I'll forget about that loss.
1: This is the chaos of the NFL right now, right? Like, madness. Nobody thought we'd be here.
0: Absolutely. Um, and then Baltimore, they got absolutely hammered by Cincinnati. Uh, so, that kind of took some sheen off of them for me. Especially with that tight win against Detroit. You know, they had to kick that league record 66-yard field goal to, to win that game. So, Detroit and... Cincinnati weren't supposed to be great teams coming in this year. Having those kinds of losses, not the best. Um, Cincinnati, they made a huge jump into my top 10 here. I didn't expect to have them in here, but they, they proved it, man. 41 to 17. They smashed a divisional opponent at, at Baltimore. They were unbelievable. So they come in at number seven, um, Cowboys. They, they had a bye week. They're coming in at number six. I'll leave them where they are. Um, the rams though the rams beat detroit uh detroit threw everything at them plus the kitchen sink i mean they ran like two fake punts like end arounds like they were they were just doing some crazy things but of course the game ended with Jared goff throwing an interception to Jalen ramsey in the end zone that's why they upgraded to matthew stafford and why they are number five (laughs) on the power rankings (laughs) um green bay beating up washington 24 to 10 Aaron Rodgers looking good. They still don't have a signature win. Let's see what they can do against Arizona this week. Uh, Buffalo had a bye week. I, I'm going to keep them at three. Tampa Bay moves up to number two, really, in my power rankings. I don't love their schedule, but winning 35 nothing at half and basically ending the game at that point, it's, it's hard to go against them, you know? <laughs> and then, obviously, the undefeated Arizona Cardinals... 31-5 to five win against Houston. What more could you say about this team? Kyler Murray for MVP. I haven't gotten off that train since, like, week one or two. So, hey, Kyler Murray, baby, let's go!
1: Exactly. I mean, it's a fun top of the table right now, you know. Big fan of my Bills Mafia. Hopefully they can uh, come out of this bye week with some Ws. I need them to keep rising on this table, you know. When Austin is, you know, going off about the Bills, it's always hilarious. Though, Austin, you did just send me a message saying that you didn't know who D-Rose was, and I'm going to rip you apart when I'm done recording this podcast. But that's beside the point. Um, To talk about this Green Bay matchup that is happening tonight against the Cardinals, you say they don't have a marquee matchup win. Well, this is their opportunity. Tonight, Thursday night, it's a big W. I have a lot of stakes in this because I've got my spicing, sizzling take of the Cardinals hitting 8-0, and this was their big test, and... I'm excited, Matt. I think it's going to be a fun game. I will uh, definitely be tuning in later.
0: Well, it's, it's going to be a really good game. Um, the Cardinals lost J.J. Watt on their defensive line to season-ending shoulder surgery, right. but the Green Bay Packers lost Devontae Adams. And if you look at Rodgers' numbers without Adams, they're pretty pedestrian. So it's going to be a very interesting game to see what happens if this, if this offense can keep going in Green Bay. But yeah, it's definitely one of the games of the week um, this week. It might be the best Thursday night football game we see in the next five years. So I'm definitely tuned in tonight. I, I can't wait to watch that. Um, some other games of the week that I, I really want to watch. Dallas, Minnesota. Yeah. I'm really excited to see that. I'm really excited to see Tennessee versus Indy. Good divisional uh, matchup. Indy's starting to get rolling at this point. Carson Wentz um, league-leading or league-fewest interceptions at one after throwing 15 last year. Um, Maybe he took Patrick Mahomes' ability to hang on to the football. Uh, And then uh, you got Philadelphia, Detroit, um, New England versus the Chargers. Those will be, like, minor games that I get some interest into. You know, with bye weeks, man, it's really hard to get five really great games.
1: It's that point of the season, right? You know, we're where letting teams rest. We're making sure that everybody's still happy. But, yeah, there's still some fun. And who knows, right? Who knows what next week will bring us? Who knows what the following few weeks will bring us? Are the Chiefs going to not even make the playoffs? Like, it's crazy right now.
0: They'll beat the Giants this week. And it'll depend on how they play against uh, the Packers and the Raiders. Uh, but we'll, we'll see over the next few weeks if, if they can make the playoffs. Um, I think that's it for the NFL, though, my friend. I think uh, we did a pretty extensive job on it. Um, where do you want to go?
1: I mean, anyway, if you want to talk about your, you know, Montreal woes in the NHL. They suck.
0: But... <laughs> they suck. That's all I have to say about them, my friend. They are so bad. It is I thought after that 6-1 win against Detroit, maybe they'd get, like, the ball rolling. Maybe they'd realize, oh, yeah, we do have to skate to win games. No, 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 no. They just went back to their, oh, we were Stanley Cup finalists last year. We're going to be Stanley Cup finalists again. Like, no, guys. Nick Suzuki, I'm worried about that kid right now. He signed that huge contract. He's got, like, one point in six games or whatever. It's it's not good. Cole Caulfield hasn't scored a goal in seven. Um, it's, It's not looking good. Besides that Detroit game, they can't get past one goal. Like, it's pathetic
1: big big sad map but hey sometimes this is what has to happen you know you can't have every team living on cloud nine because you know montreal may be slipping but the raptors are very much on the rise my friend
0: yeah it's like almost the opposite of last year right
1: (laughs) yeah exactly oh man
0: Oh, man. But, you know, I'm I'm good to, to kind of wash over the NHL this week. Um, some bad news came out. If you don't know about the NHL news that was coming out about the Blackhawks, I strongly encourage you to, to do some research on it. Um, it's kind of disgusting and, and made me a little bit less of a fan of the NHL after hearing kind of the story of Kyle Beach. And uh, I support that guy. I hope that he is... Um, you know, getting the help and support that he needs, and that he um, lives a fantastic life because he deserves it. That that guy did not deserve what happened to him. Um, so yeah, um, I don't really want to end the NHL there. I, I, I guess I, I kind of want to mention that Connor McDavid is going to score 200 points, maybe 150 plus. There you go. Um, in that range And then uh, Ovechkin's gonna get 50 goals But yeah, we can move on from the NHL
1: Brighter times ahead, hopefully, for the NHL But yeah, let's talk about the basketball And maybe talk about some struggling teams first You know, since we're on that topic, I guess, a little bit Shall we start with the big bads of the league? The guys that are supposed to end up in the finals come may whatever it's going to be i don't know what the finals are going to be this year i still don't know if we're on a regular season schedule but i think
0: it's june man <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, who knows at this one but let's talk about the lakers or the nets whichever one you're more interested in first because both the teams are struggling out of the gate
0: well i think i'm more interested in talking about the nets but i'd rather save them for second because i want to go to brody and his struggles with the lakers um, one, I love the fact that LeBron James is already taking games off. He's like, yeah. man, I'm old. I'm saving it for the playoffs. We need me in the playoffs. And like what Brody did against the San Antonio Spurs was great, and they got that win. But what he did against the Oklahoma City Thunder, his former team, was pretty pathetic. Um, having a quadruple-double with turnovers is not a pretty stat line, my friend.
1: His sixth of his career... NBA historically leading James Harden in second with three quadruple doubles but besides the point the Lakers are such an interesting team Matt because like I'm hearing this narrative right now after the quote unquote horrible start that Westbrook has had and like I don't know if I'm on the same page as everyone else because I'm not panicking yet I guess like you know that game against the Spurs showed why you traded for Westbrook it showed what he is capable of doing with a team that kind of sucks when LeBron isn't out and AD is AD, right? And um, the the OKC game, how do you not laugh? I I got to tune in for like the last five minutes of this game. I didn't even know the Lakers were up by 26 points at one point, which Matt, if you don't know, in the last 25 years, the Los Angeles Lakers are 230 and 0 before this game when they are leading by more than 25 points. In our entire lives, Matt, The Lakers have never blown a 25-point lead. And they did that against the bottom feeders in Oklahoma City. Now, there was a lot of factors to it. If you haven't seen the last, like, minute of shooting for the Lakers, you should because it's great. Westbrook, brick. Malik Monk, brick. Carmelo Anthony, air ball. Like, mm, it was painful because Oklahoma was attempting to give this game away. And the Lakers were like, no, no, no. You guys, you got this. Take a win. You need it.
0: Jeez, man. Yeah, I know. OKC really liked that. Um, I saw Josh Giddey TikTok um, doing the Drake, breathe, breathe, don't tell me to breathe. Someone give me a shot. Because he threw that awful turnover right to Carmelo Anthony. Uh, But they did get that that win. The reason that I'm kind of worried about the Lakers is, one, the shooting struggles there. Like, how do you guys not get a three-point? You bring in Malik Monk. Carmelo Anthony's supposed to be a good scorer. Like, you guys brick those so i guess it's all down to lebron and ad again at the end of the day but when they won their championship two years ago they had like the league's best defense they've had the league's worst defense this year um i don't know if it's going to be competent by the end of the season and that's what worries me because if they're not a competent defense they're not going to do anything in the playoffs and so that's the biggest issue for me i have faith that Westbrook, AD, and LeBron will figure it out. But again, they're not a solid defensive team and that's what won them their championship if you really think about it back in uh, 20, 2019,
1: 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, and that's that's where I'm kind of on board but off board because like, I see this team getting there by the playoffs. Right? like They'll figure out their situations. They'll make a trade or two if they need to. If they're healthy, they're going to be fine. My worry is that the struggles that they're going to go through this season is going to make them a la last year end up in the seventh, sixth, fifth, whatever seat it's going to be. And then they're going to be in trouble because they're going to have to go through one of the juggernauts of the West in an early round. And they may not be refreshed. They may not be this, that, or the other thing. But LeBron is old, unfortunately. It's just how it is. And if the Lakers don't get a, a home, like a top four seed in the West, I'm not super, super, super confident that they're going to end up in the NBA Finals. Which is crazy, because I believed that they could do it, but I've seen way too many struggles. But I still have hope, Matt. That's the struggle. I still have hope deep down.
0: There's definitely still hope. I think I've almost lost all hope for the Nets, unless Kyrie can come back at some point this season. Because, um... I'm just going to say it, man. We talked about it last year when the rule announcement came out that they were going to make this change, that they were going to stop allowing offensive players to do unnatural movements to get foul calls. And James Harden has struggled. Like, he doesn't even look like an all-star level talent at this point, going from like arguably the greatest scorer in the history of the game next to Michael Jordan to not even being able to put up 25 points on a consistent basis. 20 points on a consistent basis like the guy can't get to the free throw line and that has been his whole game for the past what six seven years
1: yeah honestly the nets are in such a weird place because obviously kevin durant is doing great things considering let's not forget that he is a year removed from his achilles injury like let's not forget like how good kevin durant is doing but yeah the amount of times I bet you that they go to They're like, you know, trying to call up Kyrie And being like, Kyrie, please, Kyrie, please Get vaccinated like, they, they need, like, you know, Jimmy Butler They need me, you need, like, honestly I didn't realize How important Kyrie was going to be to this Team, like, he's such an important Piece, and you're right, man, James Harden he, You know, the Hope is that he is still a Generational all-star talent that we've seen For years, and he'll figure it out but you're right in the fact that there is such a large percentage of his game the way that he has you know designed his play style over the years to work a certain way and you see it a lot throughout like all the games it's not just with James Harden you see these little moments where players forget that they're playing with these new rules and they instinctually like muscle memory go for that moment there's a play that Chris Paul does where he tries to like stop like run in front of a big and like you know go back into him and it's hilarious because the guy just kind of like stops and is like oh and Chris Paul literally just like lets go of the ball and it's just it's a turnover and I'm like you know there was some muscle memory there but also like guys you need to figure it out and we've seen certain players that are adapting well I was talking about the Atlanta Hawks and how Trey Young is still doing Trey Young things like yes he's being affected but thankfully the team around them has a lot more um, bench potential and talent than this Nets team does so it's going to be really interesting to see if Harden can come out of this slump and be the talent that he is because if he doesn't and Kyrie doesn't come back, they're not even a four seed in my mind, dude.
0: Dude, that prediction that I had that they wouldn't come in the top three or two, like wow, absolutely looking up like a possibility at this point. Um, you mentioned Trey Young, man, but the, you look at Trey Young, the guys got 19, 24, 32, 31 on the season. Like he's still scoring the basketball at that rate. Whereas you look at James Harden's numbers, and I think he's broken twenty points like what? Once this year so far? I think so. And so you've gotta be you've gotta be so nervous about it for this guy. Yeah, once. In his first game, he's had 15, 14, and fourteen since. Like they're they're not great. And he's not great. And Kevin Durant is carrying that roster right now as it's yeah. struggling. Um yeah i just i'm so out on james harden being a, an all-star mvp level player at this point um i still think like yeah he's got a he's a basketball genius to figure out the rule exploitation that he did but right now the game that he's built his mvp career on his you know ripping through guys arms uh you know drawing extra fouls by kicking your legs it's gone it's absolutely gone I loved yesterday when I saw Patrick Beverly stop with the ball in front of Giannis to try and get a foul. Giannis ran him over and they called the offensive foul. Because at the end of the day, you can't initiate contact as the offensive player and expect the call. If you initiate, then you have to finish. Sorry. That's the way basketball should work, and I'm glad they've changed that rule.
1: I just appreciate that now we're watching players look dumb rather than being upset that players are getting calls. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm that's what I'm loving seeing right now and I hope it continues. And you know, as a Raptors fan just really quickly, we don't have any players that are doing any of those things. So uh it's not a problem that affects us, but you want to talk about <laughs> some of these undefeated teams Matt because we got a we got a couple still at the top of the league here.
0: Yeah, I mean Golden State, Utah and the Chicago Bulls man are rolling along at undefeated. Um where do you want to start i mean the bulls did beat us this week they had a uh, it was a pretty tight game towards the end there but demar man he killed us he just absolutely killed us
1: demar had a fantastic game the bulls are rolling it's the first time since 95 96 i'm pretty sure that they've started 4-0 you know there are bulls fans that are living their best lives right now because they haven't experienced this in years Um, we're dancing again Austin, D-Rose was the last time the Bulls were relevant anyways. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to rip him apart later for that fact. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Bulls, what can I say? Like, There's a lot of good things going on, but they beat the Pistons twice, they beat us, and they beat... Um, I don't even remember who the fourth team was, but they haven't been super tested yet, right? They've got a hard schedule coming up. I'm pretty sure their next like 20 games are against... Real teams So You know In a few weeks from now We're gonna look at this Bulls team and see If they're legit Or if they're just Sitting at 4-0 right now Because they had a hot start And they're living In a honeymoon phase
0: Yeah Two games against the Pistons One against us And against the Pelicans um, they got tonight against the Knicks, which will be a good test for them because those, those Knicks have started off really hot, my friend. Um, and then they go to the jazz and the Celtics and uh, Philadelphia. So by by next time this this time next week we'll we'll definitely have a better read on the Chicago Bulls. But I think Steph Curry is going to win MVP again. I think with this roster around him, which is not a great roster by any means, the fact that they' are what four and0, And he's playing as well as he's playing like they've gotta he's gotta be the MVP if they make the playoffs in a a top 5 capacity
1: I mean unless John Moran has something to say about that because that kid has come out absolutely stunning I don't even know if we're gonna talk about Ja anywhere today but I have to say that I'm regretting not taking him in fantasy because he's like got 36 points a game and he's absolutely crushing and the Grizzlies are doing well because of it but Steph Curry and what he is doing with this Golden State team they are a clay Thompson away from being a true true fear in the NBA like I already don't think teams are looking at Golden State on the schedule and are scared let alone when arguably the second best shooter that team has ever seen comes back maybe even the best like just pure bottom spot-up shooter of all time like just like it's it's going to be really crazy to see where Golden State goes and like man i would love to see a 50 win season from golden state and to see them back on top because i know that like casual fans of the nba you know there may be some people that don't know the wrath of the splash brothers in this team which would be scary considering that history that you and i know about
0: dude uh absolutely they're they're gonna get one of the best spot-up shooters in nba history to come back and they could definitely go on a deep, deep run. Um, And you're right, though. John Morant, if he can continue this pace, he might have something to say about it. I do want to circle back to John Morant because you're right. We should talk about him just a little bit here. Um, The guy is averaging right now, as of today, 30.5 points, 8.5 rebounds, uh, or assists, 5 rebounds, on 55% uh, shooting, 46% from deep. 80% from the line with a steal and almost half a block a game which I mean I'm talking about Steph Curry being the league MVP who's averaging 29 8 and 6 on 43 40 and 96. Jaw's got a 30 per right now. Like just he's, absolutely wild. He's
1: doing it in year 3. Year yeah. 3. Like I you know last Would you rather Zion or Jaw? Oh, it's Jaw. Jaw, Jaw always I've always been a a, a pro jaw fan you knew this from the start but like I you know you you had we were talking about it a couple weeks ago Matt when you were like oh I don't know jaw kind of had that second season slump we'll see if he can do it and then we're in the fantasy draft and I'm sitting there and I'm like I should take jaw no no I remember what Matt was saying no he's probably not gonna have this great and anyways absolute monster John Moran I hope you keep it up he's I'm tuning into Grizzlies games more often Because he's probably my favorite player to watch in the NBA right now Besides Scottie Barnes, sorry
0: (laughs) Man, at this point I mean, I would never have assumed that He was going to be better than Zion I thought Zion was the generational talent Was going to be the next LeBron James But at this point, I don't think that's the case anymore The guy's walking around at 300 plus pounds He's got foot injuries He kind of reminds me of a Greg Odom type at this point Which is not great um, but yeah, I would have definitely preferred Ja on my team right now, and those Pelicans are making me look foolish. I've been wrong before, Kevin. I'll be wrong again. I was wrong about the Pelicans, and I'm wrong about Ja Morant. Right? You can crucify me later for it. but uh... <laughs>
1: It's going to be okay, Matt. It's because I'm stealing all your mojo with this Jazz Thunder, because like, I don't think we need to talk about the Jazz very much, because they're 3-0, and but they should we be knew 3-0. knew they were good. They're so good. They're still a great team, and I'm pretty sure Donovan hasn't been playing Fantastic! So that even goes Reckon to my show fantasy. how good they are.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Absolutely wrecking my fantasy with with his struggles so far this year. If I could have flipped him for John Moran, I'd do it in a heartbeat at this point, uh, my friend. But uh, those are the undefeated teams that we talked about. Do you want to talk about a team that was number four in ESPN's power rankings? Uh, team that is supposedly led by Lamelo Ball in the Charlotte Hornets, my friend. They're four and one. Do you think they're legit?
1: Oh man, I'm I wanna believe. I wanna believe in this Charlotte team. There's been a lot of really good surprises. Um the fact that um in whatever game it was that um was it who did who did um uh, who did Lamello tell his coach to ride out with in that fourth quarter and let him sit on the bench? I don't know if it was Ish Smith maybe?
0: Maybe or somebody yeah.
1: but like the fact that like they have this like relationship already, like this is LaMelo's team, but your boy Miles Bridges, what an absolute monster! Out of nowhere, coming in and being like, "Hey guys, I exist. I'm, uh, I'm a Bridges too. You know, don't forget about me over here."
0: Um, it's absolutely insane where he's come from. I think he's going to be MIP. Um, so I mean, far, he, he looks up. like the MIP. Um, he, I thought he played so well with, with Lamelo last year. I thought they had great chemistry, and that's why I took him in the fantasy draft. But the guy has been absolutely astounding this year. 26 points, eight rebounds, two assists, 52% shooting from the field, 39.5% shooting from field goal, 90% on his on his free throws. Like, nope. he's just been a monster, man. And like, even last night, LaMelo Ball had kind of like an off night, but they've got Gordon Hayward, who nobody talks about anymore. And they've got Miles Bridges to really carry that roster. They're a much better team than I anticipated. Um, I don't know if they're legit, and they're going to stay at the top of that, of the Eastern Conference, but hey man, they've definitely got a shot at this point.
1: I can't see them falling out of the play-in without injuries. That's what the beginning of the season has shown me, right? And it's exciting, because I think Lamelo is good for the league. I know he's kind of like a villain, he's kind of crazy, and you know, there's blah blah blah, but he brings storylines, right? And the Charlotte Hornets. I'm sure Michael Jordan is hyped to finally have a relevant team in the NBA again. You know,
0: absolutely. It's got to be a good feeling for Michael Jordan. Um, yeah, they've got they've got a decent roster, man. I mean, you got Jalen McDaniels who's playing really well. Kelly Oubre, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges. You got Lamelo. You got James Booknight, who hasn't started his career off very well. But then you got Ish Smith and all these other guys. Like their roster is is decent. I. We'll see how it all fits together at the end of the day. Again, though, you know, it's all about who you're playing at the moment. They've gotten some decent wins. They beat the Nets, which is a decent win. Um, but, I mean, besides that, they, they beat the Pacers. Not a great team right now. The Cavs, mediocre team right now. Um, they lost to the Celtics, who are struggling. And then they beat the Magic. So I, they've got to play the Heat. They've got to play the Trailblazers um, and Golden State this week. I don't know if it's going to give us a great read on them, but y- you do have to play good teams eventually, and that's what I'm going to judge you on. I'm not going to judge you on you beating the Orlando Magic.
1: We've, we've kind of we're, – we're a week or two in now. We have a sense of how these teams have started, and we need another month now to get our next read on the team, right, the next evolution of their development, of whether they're going to stay the course, rise, or fall, right? That's kind of how it works in the NBA Man, I think we're good. I want to talk about some rookies now real quick. Like, you know, you mentioned the Cavs being a middling team, but Evan Mobley might be Rookie of the Year. The guy is a defensive monster on a team that is playing tall ball. Like, it is crazy to see what the Cavs are doing when they have Laurie and him. Like, it's it's insane the way they're playing the game. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you know, the Cavs are middling, but it's only because they just don't have enough true talent. They have some sparks coming in the future so that's kind of exciting at least
0: man absolutely so exciting Evan Mobley like you said um his offensive game is is not quite there yet I mean he's still averaging I think almost 14 points a game on on 50% shooting Mm -hmm. but he's a defensive monster averaging two two blocks and a steal a game like he has completely changed the complexion of that defense um he looks like a generational big talent um he can even stripe it from deep um he's not shooting great right now I think it's just like twenty five percent but give him some time because he's he's huge man like what is he seven feet six eleven like they're they've got a good team. The, ru- the rookies this year, though, have been showing out. I don't just want to talk about Mobley. I want to talk about Josh giddy because he's been having some good games. I want to talk about Jalen Green, who dropped 30 points in his third game, just like Mike, just like Mike, <laughs> which is lit, fam. It was lit.
1: <laughs> I, w- I was glad he finally put up a good game and statistics for my fantasy team because I took a risk on him. But, yeah, it's been a lot of fun to watch these rookies, and it's crazy to think that Cade hasn't even played yet right like Absolutely. we have the number one pick who's supposed to be the ready to play in the NBA now generational talent who hasn't even showed up and then we've got you know Mobley and, and Scotty who are two of the more supposedly raw prospects coming in and dominating right out of the gate right and it's
0: Absolutely. been a lot of fun
1: and you know you mentioned Josh Giddy, like I was big on him I think the OKC Thunder got a steal like I, I think Giddy is going to be a great piece for them going down the line and He is basically a point guard. He can do a lot considering his size. So, you know, it's been a lot of fun. At the end of the day, and I think that you know we talk about you know drafts. You know that you and I have kind of really gotten to be around and be a part of in the past, like I want to say four or five years that we've really known the drafts more. And like this one is starting to rival twenty eighteen a little bit. Like it's it's exciting to see where these rookies can go in their next few years.
0: Absolutely, I'm. I'm excited to see what happens, uh, where all these players end up because I think, I think we got absolute steal in Scotty Barnes. I'm so glad that they they reached quote unquote for Scotty, um, and didn't take Jalen Suggs because Scotty fits into the modern NBA. Um, I can't, can't believe how good he's been, my friend. It's, it's astounding. Do you want to go into Raptors hey, chat or what? Hey.
1: It's Raps Chat time, dude, because we had a 2-2 week. Honestly, Matt predicted an 0-4 week. Honestly, I think we were closer to a 4-0 week than we were to an 0-4 week. And honestly, most of that is to do with Scotty Barnes. Whether it's the energy he provides on and off the court, whether it's his all-around game, whether it's the fact, Matt, you were saying, he throws a no-look pass every game. Every single game. Every game. game. Like, That's a dime. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made the comment when we drafted him He can potentially be Kawhi He can potentially be Giannis And I didn't think that we were going to see that right away I didn't think that we were going to come close But man, he's going to be that hybrid I truly believe that now After five games in the season That he is a better NBA player than he was college player I think that he is getting the opportunity to shine Because Nick Nurse again What does he love, Matt? He loves defense and at the end of the day, Scotty Barnes is going to be a top 50, top 25 defender of all time in the league from what we've seen already if he keeps it up, you know?
0: If he stays healthy throughout his in- his career and he improves the way that we expect him to improve, I mean, he's only, f- what, five games into his NBA career. He's already got a 25-point game. Last night he dropped 18-7-7. Like, that's something else about him is the passing ability which is almost reminiscent kind of to lebron james he does not at that level just Mm -hmm. quite yet but the no look passes for a guy his size like we knew he was going to come in and rebound and play defense like obviously at his size his frame his wingspan we knew that was going to be done we -hmm. thought he'd probably average around 10 12 points which he's looked like a much better scorer than we anticipated but the fact that he is playmaking, the fact that he is bringing the ball up on, like, I want to say a, a good number of our possessions. He is the the primary ball handler, bringing it up, setting up the play, running it, is just absolutely impressive to me at this point. The kid is just barely 20 years old. Um, I love his energy. I love his enthusiasm. The one thing that has kind of stood out to me is, is that i feel like og is almost jealous of the fact that this young kid is coming in who should be kind of where og was when og started you know the defensive ace who gets to hit open shots and not really like the the guy who actually creates plays and gets to you know go one-on-one or and make a dribble move like og's like now is my time i spent five years waiting for this and this kid is just coming in and just taking it from me and i think that's kind of a OG's mentality a little bit, but at the end of the day, he's an NBA player, he's gonna have to get over it because Scotty Barnes, man, I mean, he could be a league MVP, that's how good his talent is.
1: I think about bigs, right, that have all around potential, um, in the game, but mostly it's the passing that amazes me. And where I see Scotty going, if he hits that ceiling, is he gets on, you know, the pedestal of names with LeBron. Giannis, Jokic. You know, of players that we see in the modern NBA that have such a high IQ for the game of basketball and people around them. Now, Giannis has extremely developed that IQ by knowing what he can do and knowing his players around him and where they can be. LeBron came in just with that I guess God given natural. talent, natural given talent for all of those things. And then Jokic is this like crazy anomaly, right? almost like Tom Brady esque in terms of like where he came from and people thought and just like was able to come and be the quarterback for his NBA offense. And Scotty is coming in and being given that opportunity. And the comment about OG is interesting because like if they flip spots, like if they flip places, their ages, when they were drafted, their situations, it's possible we could see almost the same trajectory because it's about the opportunity that you're given in the NBA, right? And OG is taking advantage of that. It's not going hundred percent amazing but the guy is putting up 20 plus points every single game he is making casual nba fans who don't give a crap about the raptors so let's be honest the majority of people don't care about us as a franchise we're the canadian team that nobody cares about people are talking about og not just because of the fact that he's you know, an on mip candidate that people were talking about at the beginning of the season but because him scotty with the rest of we're seeing It's putting a little bit of fear in the NBA because they know what happens when the defensive monsters of the Toronto Raptors are good and we show up at the highest tier. And I think that we're a couple years away from returning to that.
0: Absolutely. And the fact that we haven't even had quote-unquote our best player in Pascal Siakam in the lineup at all. And we do this rotation of long, tall NBA players who can play almost all five positions. I mean... Scotty has been playing the point. Uh, You've got Banton who's playing the point. And then you're going to throw in, like, Siakam with your Achua, Achua with your Kem Birch, with your, like, OG. We've got a very long, tall roster. Even uh, Svi, Svi Mahalu, he's looked tall lanky and good on defense like his offense hasn't been as advertised quite yet i mean he'll eventually start knocking down those shots i totally believe that but his defense has surprised me man like we are a hungry defensive team gary trent jr stepped it up fred van Vliet is an all nba defender he was snubbed last year i don't care what anybody says um so our defense is top i'm gonna say top five in the league easily And if we can add Pascal Siakam to a struggling half court offense Mm -hmm. and figure it out, we could be very scary. It's
1: it's nice for you to say that because we had conversations, we've said it ourselves weeks ago, that we believed we could be a top five defensive team. And five games into the season, we've seen that out of the boys. We've seen the fact that they can get there. And, like, you know, the fact that Scotty put up 37 points in his first two games, the most for a Raptor. Passing over the top of Studemeyer, which is pretty exciting, honestly. The fact that that has officially been surpassed. Our first draft pick ever, in Mighty Mouse had thirty <laughs> had thirty six points. Scotty got thirty seven in his opener game. So history being made already. Baby, growing. Like, I'm so excited. The Celtics game that we had was unreal. We blew them out of the water. Scotty went off, you know. And yeah, he's had turnover troubles. We've all kind of had turnover troubles. Like you look at. You know, Left and right with this team There's been chemistry I want to say minimal chemistry issues here and there Where they're missing certain things But that's just because they're all young They're all trying to figure it out And obviously Nurse is giving them opportunity He's giving them all minutes We saw a game where Banton played And Drogic didn't Because at the end of the day Banton has kind of proved that he's willing to come in And do what he wants I was joking with Matt earlier I think Delano Banton might be the fastest guy on our roster With the ball in his hands like, it takes three steps for him to get a rebound and be, you know, basically in, at the three-point line. Like, he's good to go. And he's got the energy, and he fits in with Scotty. I love it.
0: He is a heck of a second-round pick, my friend. Um, what he's been able to show, what he's been able to do, um, I've absolutely loved it. Um, he's been hitting his shots. But I want to go back to our defense, man, because right now we're currently sitting... Um, fourth in points allowed, second in rebounds, uh, sixth in offensive rebounds allowed, ninth in assists, second in steals, uh, we're third in defensive rebounding, we are second in field goals allowed, and then we're um, like ninth in opponents uh, three-point percentage, eighth in three-point percentage. The Um, only areas that we're struggling in are are blocks.
1: That's it. And the fact that we're not doing well in in opponent three-point percentage, but we're still in the top ten is great, because we were like 28th! 29th last season in terms of just letting open threes happen all the time so matt i love that you found those stats because yeah that's the end of the day we are a defensive juggernaut there are teams that are thinking about us right now and going man in two three years i don't want to face this team in a seven game series you think what we could do to a player who has the mental of like ben simmons in a series I'll like be to completely take like you look, at, you look at how we took Steph Curry out of that series in 2019 with basically just Fred doing what Fred did. And imagine the potential of all of our defensive now. Oh, man, I'm so excited for the future.
0: It's, it's a very exciting time to be a Toronto Raptor fan. Um, I think we're only going to get better. We're, like, we're such a young team. We're the sixth youngest team in the NBA. And we have such great great potential because of what we do defensively um i love that that's what we're building around because that you know it's not the best thing in the nba you know people don't love their defense in nba right like the games go to 100 points but the fact that we've already held two teams to under 100 points the pacers barely got to 100 in that last game even in like the quote-unquote like big blowout loss to chicago where we were losing at one point or or um the Washington Wizards, who were quote unquote blowing us out. Like, they didn't even get to 100 points. The like, Chicago scored the most points on us at 111. Like, whatever. Like, that's very, very respectable in today's NBA. And so, I'm very excited. I'm excited to see where Scotty and OG develop. I'm excited to see Pascal Siakam return because I think, man, like, our floor is the playoffs.
1: Our floor is the playoffs. I mean, what I truly believe. There. Watching, watching us play the Mavericks having the Mavericks win 103-95 to 95, and OG and Scotty barely play the second half because of foul troubles like come on we're in a fantastic place I love what All I see out of us I, I, I didn't even remember that it was off back to so back they like, were a
0: fresher team too we had <sighs> crazy from Boston to Toronto they were already waiting for us
1: here like mm-hmm. come on so we got a nice road trip coming up this week man. we got four games all right. Actually, no. Wait, no. We're playing... Are we yeah, playing board. the Knicks at home? Or are we playing them...
0: So oh, no. we're playing the Magic, we're playing the Pacers, we're playing the Knicks, and then we're playing the Wizards before next week's episode.
1: Right, right, right. But the Magic is coming to the Raptors, and then we're going out to play Pacers, New York, and Wizards on a road trip. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, fun week ahead. Honestly, four very, very winnable games at the end of the day, but also, you know, not... Just bottom feeders, right? So we get to actually have some real competition, some real fun ahead of us. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a good week.
0: Well, we should hopefully get the win against the Magic, right? Like that's a bottom feeder team. The and the Pacers are currently a bottom feeder, but we didn't expect that, and it's going to be tough to beat them two times in a row. Um, the Knicks, who have started three and one, actually haven't beaten anybody good. No. Like they' win, well, they beat Philadelphia, but Philadelphia's struggling right now. They beat the Magic once, the Celtics once. They lost to the Magic. So, like, it's, it's, they're a decent team. We'll see how how well they, they continue to play, and that'll be a good test for us. Um, and then hopefully we can beat the Wizards, man. What I'm really looking forward to is um, next, after next week's episode, on the Sunday, we're playing the Brooklyn Nets.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: the game that I think we're testing, even though the Nets don't look great um, that's, like, the one that we definitely need to win.
1: I mean, that'll be an important win, especially when we got the Celtics and the 76ers coming up later that week, too. So, lots of fun coming ahead for this Raptors team. We should be sitting at 500. So, I'm just going to say, Matt, I feel like a 500 team right now. And the fact that we didn't feel that way until 20 games into the season last year, maybe, at most, like, I'm very happy for the direction of our franchise.
0: Uh Absolutely, man. We are definitely headed in the right direction. I love this roster. Um, this is, I think, the most in love I've been with a Raptors team in my life. And I love those Demar and Kyle teams. I think those Demar and Kyle teams were great, great teams. But I remember always thinking to myself, this isn't going to win in the playoffs. And I just knew that. Whereas I can see this team winning in the playoffs, yes, our half-court offense needs to be fixed. I totally agree with that. If we're going to win in the playoffs, but we already have the defense to win, and they're rookies. Like yeah. our some of our best players, Delano and, and Scotty are rookies.
1: Let's I mean, go. The championship team will always have a special place in my heart. But when you look at you know the trajectory of this team, my hope is that at the end of this season. You'll hold a pedestal up and you'll have the Oklahoma City Thunder, who everyone believes is the best future in the NBA, and you'll have the Toronto Raptors. And on one side, you'll have a ton of draft picks and a star. And on the other side, you'll have a competent, one of the best defending teams in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like I I can't see us not being great in a couple years, barring serious injuries at the end of the day. Or setbacks or, you know... Guys, like, Bad the thing, like the way
0: that we think, yeah, because yeah. at the end of the day, I think it'd be great. I do want to say one thing before we go into the hot takes, missing predictions. I want to get your take on this trade because we talked about it a little bit earlier, but Ooh. I want to put it out here for all of the fans. How would you feel about us getting rid of Freddie, getting rid of Siakam for a guy like I don't know, Shea Gilgis Alexander out in Oklahoma City? They could take them, they could flip them for draft picks, give us Shea Gilgis. We'd have Shea, we'd have Scotty, we'd have Delanto, we'd have OG, and that would be the core four, man.
1: Well, that's the the fun part of it. It's creating that new core, right? Because up until seeing this fantastic start that we've seen out of our young studs, we thought that Fred and Pascal's contracts and their ages were probably a part of our timeline. But the window's been pushed up a year or two, maybe even a couple, you know, more than that, maybe even three years. It's been pushing up, and so now the question is can we keep that window the same but refresh the players that are making maybe too much money for their age and bring in younger talent that can have the same numbers and have the same stats and also Shea is Canadian right like more Canadians on the roster makes them maybe want to stay you know Scottie's not Canadian but he looks like he wants to be a Raptor for life if we're going to be a contending team right Absolutely. would be a fun trade Matt it would definitely be a fun trade for sure
0: I, I honestly think that that's a championship-winning roster right there. I've got a little bit of trepidation around uh, Freddie and Siakam because I think that they're done developing. I think they are what they are at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Siakam will always be a great two. Um, Freddie has the, def- the defense, but he's a little bit too streaky uh, to be a, a primary scorer. Um, so maybe he could fit in at number three option, but I just it's going to be tough because... I love scotty Barnes, but you know, the one thing that was advertised about his game being broken is his shot. And as much as he's hit some turnaround jumpers and hit some pull ups, it's it looks broken. Like to me watching it as a fan, I'm like, that is a broken jumper.
1: <laughs> but you know, yeah. hope for the future. I mean, Kawhi had a quote unquote bad jumper coming into the league. There's been many players that have come in with bad jumpers, and I've been on teams with worse player development staffs. So hey, I'm excited. Uh, it's funny right because we think that the young guys I'm sad when I see Fred have the ball almost because I'm like can we have Delano do things can we have Scotty do things because yeah we want the young potential to push through that ceiling and get to where it deserves to be at the end of the day so yeah Matt I'm pumped but shall we roll into takes do you want to start us off and be spicy
0: yeah sure man I'm gonna go uh, with my Montreal Canadiens going 0-4 this week. I just don't have any faith in them. They're going on a Western Conference road trip, which like should yield points. Like They're going to California where they have to play San Jose, uh, LA, and Anaheim, who are like quote-unquote bottom feeders. Uh, Montreal is going to be a bottom feeder this year. I think we're going for Shane Wright. Um, yeah, I'm just depressed about this roster. They're 0-4 in my head already, so I'm done.
1: It's okay, man. Hopefully there'll be some fun highlights for you for the season. I am... Going to try a little bit of left field because I was mentioning that I think that the Bulls have a really tough schedule coming up in front of them. But I believe in this team. Until they falter, I'm going to keep riding on cloud nine with them. I'm looking at a 4 a week from the Bulls. Knicks, Jazz, Celtics, 76ers, all tough teams. But with the record that the Bulls have been doing, if they can keep their offense flowing and hide their defensive problems, I can see it happening no problem.
0: Oh, lots of spicy one, my friend. We'll see if they
1: can pull it off for you. All right. Anything else, Matt? Are we good? No, nah, man. I'm, I'm pretty good. Uh, you can wrap us up. Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like and subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. And check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts.
0: And we'll talk to you next time.